Welcome to the Dermatology Interest Group Association podcast, or DIGA podcast, where we talk about everything from how to become a stellar dermatology applicant to interesting topics in dermatology. From research advice to interviewing tips, you will be prepared to follow the path to become a world-class dermatologist. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the DIGA podcast. I'm your host, Morgan Terrell. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Jordan Lane. He's a PGY3 resident based out of Churchill, Missouri. Today, we discuss tips on how to become a successful dermatology applicant, as well as the need for dermatologists and other specialists in rural communities. And with that, I'll see you on the skin side. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the DIGA podcast. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Jordan Lane, and I'll let him introduce himself. Hi, so uh, my name's obviously Jordan Lane. I'm one of the uh, physician, resident physician here at uh, Cleaver Dermatology. Um, currently in my third out of four year, fourth year, so I'm a PGY3. Uh, I um, am originally from Southeast Missouri uh, along the Boot Hill, uh, a small town called Zenith, Missouri. Uh, I went to, um, I did my undergrad at uh, Arkansas State University in Jonesboro, Arkansas, where I earned a bachelor's in uh, biology, as well as uh, a bachelor of science in nursing. So I actually um, was a critical care nurse for about three years uh, in uh, Northeast Arkansas uh, before I applied to medical school. And I attended medical school at uh, MIT at Arkansas State in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Um, you know, while there, I had a, uh, a couple of uh, kiddos. Uh, I'm married to my wife now for about eight years. Um, my kids, I have a son who's seven years old and a daughter who's, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, a daughter who's seven years old and a son who's five. He just turned five yesterday, actually. Um, so, and uh, now since then, we've moved on to beautiful Kirksville, Missouri. Here it's, uh, um, yeah, so it's, it's a great time. So I'm happy to be on the podcast and uh, happy to share a little bit about dermatology and what I've learned uh, over the past uh, several years through medical school and applying uh, to dermatology and now um, through residency. Awesome. Happy birthday to your son, first off. Yeah, he was uh, he was really excited. Five's a big one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Was your experience as a critical care nurse what directed you towards becoming a physician? Um, somewhat. So, you know, it's kind of a uh, unique situation. So, um, you know, I knew that we were, so MIT at Arkansas State is, you know, a, a developing school. I knew that we were developing that school. And in the meantime, I wanted to have some uh, clinical experience and we have a unique opportunity at Arkansas State uh, where, you know, if we have a bachelor's degree, we can extend an accelerated uh program to obtain our bachelor's in nursing. Uh, so that's what I did. And I knew, you know, having that experience would really prepare me for, for medical school uh, a little bit better than, you know, some other experiences. And, uh, and also on top of that, you know, so, if, you know, say uh, medical school didn't work out or, you know, life events, you know, you know, happened that really prevented me from doing so, you know, I'd always have that career there, uh, whether, you know, I wanted to uh, go on to be a nurse practitioner or a CRNA um, or just, you know, just continue on the clinical work as a nurse. 
um, that was always there. Uh, so it's just kind of a backup, a little bit of an insurance policy. And, uh, you know, it certainly helped and, and really it kind of directed um, the rest of my uh, medical career from there. Um, so from, uh, you know, really having that experience through my clinical years, um, seeing how, you know, the hospital, uh, you know, fundamentally operates and uh, really, you know, knowing who to go to, uh, who to ask questions to, you know, what I really needed support. Uh, those are some of the things that, and then on top of that, you know, just general care of, of your patients, those all helped me as through my clinical years and, and now and on through intern year, certainly. Yeah. So were you part of the inaugural class of NYIT at A-State? No, I was, I was actually in the second class. Okay. Okay. But you got the nursing degree with intent to go to NYIT because you wanted to stay in the area pretty much yeah okay. yeah so I, I live i lived about an hour away from uh jonesboro my wife and her family were they're from central arkansas um so it's kind of in the the middle ground um i'd actually originally i, I really wanted to uh i had a family and um that went to at still and uh kirksville mm-hmm. and uh you know, originally my, my thought was that, you know, I'd go there, kind of follow in his footsteps, but uh, the opportunity was there and uh, my family was there. He was my uncle who, who attended AT still. He's actually uh, emergency medicine physician in Jonesboro. So I decided oh. to stick around there and support the community and, uh, you know, do my best and uh, see, see how uh, we could develop the school a little bit further. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it seems my classmates that have nursing backgrounds all do very well. They're, they've benefited greatly from their previous experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so first things first, why did you choose dermatology and how did you know it was the right thing for you? Yeah, so this is the question that everyone will, will get at some point, especially if you're applying to, uh, you know, if you're applying to dermatology, it's certainly uh, going to come up at some point. Um, so for me, uh, you know, I actually went into, I, I just, you know, background and in intensive care as a nurse, uh, my uncle was an emergency medicine physician. Um, you know, so I saw, you know, what, what all he'd experienced, you know, and he, he's really enjoyed it. Um, it's been great for him. So going into medical school, I thought that I wanted to either uh, be an intensivist or, uh, go into emergency medicine. Um, he always pushed me to go to like derm or something like, you know, dermatology. Uh, he always had great things to say about that. Uh, but I thought it sounded boring, super boring. You know, it sounded like, you know, you see, see rashes, acne all day. I guess my, you know, real knowledge of dermatology hadn't really expanded at that point. Um, so that was just kind of really the back of my mind. That was never, you know, at the forefront going to medical school, but, um, I always kept, you know, my, um, you know, everything open. I, I really wanted to, you know, keep keep an open mind. Uh, you know, really once I chose exactly what I wanted to do after medical school. Um, so I think that really started, you know, my thoughts on dermatology and really that came into consideration as I was going through my surgery rotation. Um, I was lucky enough to be placed with a surgeon in a small hospital uh, who really uh, let me kind of uh, choose my own adventure, I guess. <laughs> for lack of a better word and you know so what, whatever I wanted to do that day he let me and I ended up working with a plastic surgeon uh quite a bit because that's really what I enjoyed I really enjoyed the uh surgery and uh um 
and uh you know everything goes along with that but at the same time i have a family um i you know have a couple of kiddos i just couldn't see myself and it's really important to me obviously just really you know keeping those close family ties and uh really being there for my kids throughout all those important life events you know i saw my uncle kind of what i've been through so these are things that i'm always kind of thinking about uh um, so I knew that I really didn't want to put in, you know, five plus years of residency for, for surgery and the, you know, time constraints to go with that. So mm-hmm. one day while I was in the uh, OR with the, with the plastic surgeon, uh, we actually had a most case come in that was, uh, they'd been sent over to this a little bit more of a complex closure. Um, so we did that. And earlier in the day, on my way there, I'd actually listened to a podcast just happened to listen to it over uh, um, that a Mohs surgeon was giving an interview that he was giving to another uh, student the, on the undifferentiated uh, medical student. If anyone has, uh, you know, if you have or have not listened to it, I highly recommend it. Um, they go through many, uh, uh, oh man, they're, oh, I want to say they're like around a hundred episodes, each interviewing a specific um, uh, physician in, in a specific specialty. Yep. And, uh, you know, it goes up through a couple of hours, what they like, what they don't like about specialty. So I listened to that earlier today. So that kind of primed me for that. I saw that and I just thought that was really amazing that uh, you're able to do that in the, uh, in your normally, you know, within your clinic, you know, outside of uh, general anesthesia. Um, so I, I picked that up with a while. And, you know, I had no idea that dermatology actually did things like this so I, I hooked up with a local dermatologist and and my the surgeon on my elective month I actually stayed around for another month and then he would let me go on their most days and and follow that surgeon so I saw that and I got involved in just the general dermatology as well realized that they see lots of different things from uh, you know just basic skin skin checks uh, to really more complex uh, diseases and then you know you see pediatric patients on so um yeah so i fell in love from there and and uh i guess ever since the you know uh, mid third year you know i was pursuing dermatology from then on out yeah was it did you listen to that undifferentiated podcast about the most surgeon by happenstance or did you know that you were yeah going- it just it was just just so by chance yeah yeah so that Dr. is Jeremy so cool. Trudeau, shout out to him over i think he's over at uh say case western over there yeah he's the most surgeon in that area so very cool how how the two happen in the same yeah. day. Mm-hmm. If not dermatology, what what else were you considering? Yeah, so you know, like I was saying, um, given my background as an ICU nurse, um, you know, and then some of my uh, family ties to emergency medicine, you know, I'd really considered those initially. You know, going into medical school. Um, then as time went on, uh, I really considered, um, like radiology, uh, you know, I really liked the, uh, I like the, uh, like the visual recognition, um, that's associated with that. And then that kind of combines with, uh, you know, dermatology in that sense. Uh, but I, I really didn't, uh, like, uh, the lack of patient contact, uh, you know, I'm really, I'm a, real, a very social person and, uh, I really enjoy, you know, getting to have those relationships with my patients and, uh, uh, getting to know people from, you know, at a young age and then, uh, on. So, but aside from medicine, um, 
I, you know, it's a tough question. Um, you know, of course, you know, I nursing and all that, but if it were, if, if I was not in medicine, ideally, I would, I would love to be like a documentarian, um, you know, like making film documentaries, uh, or an investigative journalist. Yeah. Um, very cool. I'm really interested in like world events and, uh, um, you know, I think it's really, really great stuff of great service that, uh, you know, journalists in general do to, for, for society as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. So taking it back to your preclinical years now, what helped you feel prepared to be a competitive dermatology applicant from your first two years? Um, yeah, so I mean, you, you you really it's a it's a yeah, slow and steady race. Um, you know, just really building on those you know those uh, uh, the foundation um, in those pre pre clinical years. Uh, really, you know, just taking it one step at a time, one test at a time, one block at a time. Trying to study as much as as possible. Uh, you know, while still fit, fitting in you know time for your own personal well being. Um, and, you know, really not, not trying to race, you know, at the end of a test, you know, try to learn and cram as much information as possible. It just doesn't work as well that way. Um, so really academics, very important in, in my opinion. Uh, and then, of course, but then also, you know, getting out in the community, really, uh, you know, supporting you know, the groups that are around you, um, trying to do your best for, for, for everyone, you know, out there because, uh, you know, in the end, medicine is it doesn't really just end within the, the clinic um, or the hospital. You're out there every day and people expect to, to be able to look to you as a leader within your community. And uh, so just getting out in there and, and other groups outside of you know academics and really establishing yourself as a leader uh, is also very important. Um, you know, and, and then also, you know, reaching out to your clinical staff, you know, finding some of those research projects to, to work on and, and to help them out throughout your uh, uh, school. And, and in some cases, that can be really difficult. So really just maximizing your potential and um, and, and the best way possible in the situation that you have, whether that's academics or leadership positions, wherever you have it. You know, some schools may not have as many research opportunities um, as, as some others might have. So. You just really have to kind of tailor tailor it to your situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know it's a little bit difficult with with our school to get super involved in research, but. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, exactly. It so, yeah, I mean, it's it's out there. You can do it, um, but it may not be you may not have like derm specific research to do. Um, so, you know, I, but I, I think, you know, people just really look for uh the effort that's being being made by the student and you know it doesn't have to be you know world class you know just uh, research or you know uh, binge research or anything like that Um, just as long as you're making the effort and you're you're putting that effort in to to make yourself a competitive applicant Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and it's it's on the forefront of my mind right now you know in the in the in the throes of the beginning of second year I'm, i'm really thinking about how i can be the best student I can and and really really study hard because I I want to be a competitive dermatology applicant as long as I you know still have that in mind when I'm applying but I want to be a competitive applicant to whatever specialty I end up in but it's number one number one number one that I am a good physician first 
and then I know my stuff. Um, absolutely, absolutely. Your patients, you know, it'll come real handy later on, especially, you know, some of your patients will ask you about, um, you know, the uh, pathogenesis of a certain disease. And uh, if you can generally explain to them, and, and it also helps too. Um, if you really know things really well, it makes it much easier to explain things uh, in a simple, simple form that your patients, you know, can, can understand. Right. And yeah, I think about it every day that I'm going to use this knowledge to make decisions about someone else's life. Um, yeah, that's, that's really serious. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're really affecting someone each and every day that you step into the clinic or the hospital. Mm -hmm. So moving on to your third year, our school has us do rotations at various sites. What site did they put you at? third year yeah so uh yeah so i was in paragold arkansas okay okay yeah, so yeah yeah so a little bitty town uh i i really wasn't looking forward to it um off the bat because uh you know it was, it was like a oh it's like a 35 40 minute drive every day from where i was at you know once you go yeah. through jones road traffic and, and i mean the minimal traffic they have but it can be tough getting <laughs> on that side of town sometimes during the morning uh but once I was there, um, I really enjoyed it. I loved it. I loved the, you know, the attendings that I had, uh, being in a small, smaller hospital, they really let me be a little more independent mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, choose what I wanted to do, you know, really form some close relationships. I still get, uh, uh, invites to the annual Christmas party uh, over there for you know, one of the surgeons, uh, uh, that he, uh, and he puts on in his house every year. So um, really tight-knit, uh, you know, family uh, environment over there. Yeah, that's awesome. And it, it's nice that you didn't have to relocate because a lot of people have to go from Jonesboro to like Northwest Arkansas. So yeah, so I, I was, you know, I, I worked at St. Bernard's. I, I really wanted to, uh, to be placed at St. Bernard's, <laughs> but uh you know, I'll, I guess I'll take it. Yeah, because people were relocated all over the state and uh, I got to, you know, stick in my ear and it would have been a real mess because, you know, I, I owned a house there. I lived there for uh, once it was all said and done. I've lived, I lived in Jillsboro for about nine years. Yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> it, it would have been a, a, a real mess if I would have, you know, if I needed to move for just a year. Yeah, for sure. Um, did you do a dermatology rotation during your third year or was it mostly just that surgery? rotation that... yeah mostly there but then uh you know i really put in some you know extra a little bit of extra effort and, and you know through any break that i had or any time off um you know i went over and shadowed you know his clinic and just you know any, any of those extra days i had whether it was for a half day or full day I, I was over there pretty much any day that i had off okay very cool um what did your fourth year look like did you do a lot of audition rotations so I, I i did uh probably not as much um not as or not as many rather um as uh, we would during a normal year but i was i was during that whole covid year okay yeah so covid struck um uh, my third year of uh medical school um mm -hmm. in the spring of that year around it was, what was it like March 17? I don't know. I, I'd be 
no stand to be corrected on that. But um, so after that, things were kind of shut down. There were some locations that were shut down. In fact, here at Cleaver Dermatology, they'd shut down all of their rotations. So I was never able to rotate here. Oh, wow. But I did go to, I think, uh, I think there were like five or six other rotations that I did. So, I mean, I still put up a uh, uh, formidable number of rotations, but uh, but still some of the other ones that I, I wanted, I had a transition to like an online rotation or um, just uh, completely closed their uh, rotation for that year. Yeah, I, I feel like five is a lot given the circumstances. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, and and actually, and that number includes one of the one of the online rotations that I did. So really, about four visiting, um, and then the one that was online, and then I did another research rotation that was that was that was intended to be in person, uh, but they ended up transitioning to online. How did you choose where you wanted to audition? What Great question. You- so at that time, <laughs> it's pretty much what was available. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's what uh, I. But yeah. But aside from that, you know, I I really, I, I think I would have done the same thing regardless. You know, um, I think I would have gone the same route, uh, because I, 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 I picked locations that I knew would be a good fit for me, and I really didn't try to overreach. You mm-hmm. know, in some of the areas, I went into it with a strategic mindset, um, uh, that you know I was going to go to places where you know i wanted to get my face out there and i knew that i really had a uh um good uh um chance that being able to get into their program mm-hmm. um and yeah so and and yeah i think i would have done the same thing i, I went to, i met some great dermatologists and great attendings um through at some of the other locations that i went to so yeah uh, yeah, I'd probably still do the same thing. And actually, I still know some of the other residents that I met along the way, some of the auditioners, as well as some of the, uh, the residents who were, were there at the time and now attendings. Yeah. Yeah, it's a small world and everyone's kind of facing the same struggles, right? So, Right, right. So on your rotations, what do you think residents and um, the attendings and program directors, what do they appreciate? seeing out of medical students great question um so we have uh auditioners here uh rotators here uh, every week at least a couple sometimes you know for about a week sometimes they'll stay for a couple of weeks some of the things that we look for most not necessarily how much you know about dermatology um or you know your you know expertise in the field or uh, how comfortable you are really we look for how good of a fit that you're going to be you know here to, here at our program um can we work with you for for three years uh especially our attendings they'll be with you for three years generally the first year residents are the only ones that we will see the auditioners uh once that because we'll, we'll be finished and and uh you know in our attending life after that um so main thing is you know okay are, are are you a good communicator are you personable um, are you, you know, uh, is it just someone that we see ourselves working with, uh, being part of our family, uh, so we spend tons of time together, uh, over the course of three years, um, someone that we think would be good for our community, um, uh, good for our patients, would they be the right fit for the patient population that we have? Uh, those are all things that we look for, you know, and instead of 
thinking, you know, you, you need to go in and press as much as possible with, with your clinical knowledge and how much you know about dermatology. You know, I think that's, that's the wrong mindset. Um, you should go in really trying to make a, uh, you know, to be personable and uh, to present yourself as who you genuinely are rather than trying to put on a, you know, a front. Yeah, um, that's uh, we and we see that quite often, and I, I really wish that that folks would just try to be themselves and uh, and and just enjoy their time here and get to know yeah. us a little better. Yeah, you can't hold up a facade for three to four years. So no, and really, if it kind of falls by one week. <laughs> yeah. So, what was your game plan? Had you not matched? Did did you dual apply, or would you have done a research year? Or would you- or move on to a transitional year what was the plan there great question um well i i do applied um i applied to some radiology programs as well uh but i ranked that uh, rank list very low mm-hmm. down the list I, I intended to to it pretty much i was going dermatology or or uh, go home, I guess, at, the, at that point. So, uh, you know, I, I think that you're, in my opinion, if you're truly wanting to match dermatology, uh, really go into it with the mindset that you're going to match dermatology. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I just applied here and there to uh, some radiology programs, um, also to some interventional radiology programs. And I interviewed uh, for, for both of those spots and I, I ranked them lower down. Um, but I, but I had intentions of, uh, matching dermatology and I, th- I think that if I hadn't, um, I would have just gone through the transitional year that I'd matched into and then reapplied. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I really think that, you know, if, if, uh, if you want to do dermatology and then, then go all in on dermatology. Yeah. Fully commit, full send on dermatology. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, other, you know, of course, other people go through different strategies and I, you know, I've heard, I've heard, um, you know, I've known other folks who've gotten into dermatology with other strategies like um, going into a a research year. Um, You know, I know someone who uh, was in a research year for actually he matched into orthopedic surgery, went on, um, decided that that wasn't for him, I think after like a couple, two or three years. And then decided he wanted to pursue dermatology. So he, he was doing a, uh, like a research fellowship. And then he matched into a program this past, uh, well, there was another program that was an upstart that he matched into. So, I mean, and there are all kinds of strategies, but that was my personal, personal thought on the, you know, view. Right, right. Yeah, there's there's plenty of paths. And yeah, yeah you don't, you don't always know what your path's going to be right absolutely and, and that's just what worked worked for me personally mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm also interested in radiology um yeah yeah so, no great field too great field too yeah it, it seems like radiologists and dermatologists are all are both very happy that they went into their respective specialties so definitely definitely Applying to dermatology as a DO has been historically a little bit different from our MD peers. Um, why did you choose to be an osteopathic physician? Was it mostly because you were interested in, oh, your your uncle was a DO, right? 
Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So I, I come from kind of a line of DOs. Um, my, you know, he, he was a DO. I remember coming to Kirkville actually uh, for his white coat ceremony. Um, it must have been like nine or 10 or something like that. And then coming back for his graduation. So, um, you know, I, I knew the, the osteopathic uh, uh, profession and, um, and uh, you know, I, I saw everything that he'd done as an osteopathic physician and what he learned. I remember him coming back and uh, I like doing like OMT, you know, like during our Christmas breaks and while he was in the first and second year, I just thought that was really cool and uh, really neat that you get to learn all of that, even as a physician. Um, and now, you know, I'm, I'm really uh, glad that, you know, I went that route and, you know, I think it really prepared me quite a bit actually for dermatology, um, just because we have so much, you know, hands-on experience with our patients. Um, a lot of what we do here in the office, we're, you know, doing very, uh, you know, personal exams. Um, and, uh, a lot of some of the things that we deal with are you know, just through like texture and palpation, uh, for, for some of these lesions. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I think it, did, it prepared me very well, actually. That's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that you faced any challenges that were unique to being a DO student while applying to dermatology? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, ab- absolutely. I mean, you know, just uh, there are more um, allopathic, uh, you know, programs for dermatology than there are. Um, osteopathic programs and now uh yeah so so just in 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 numbers alone um there are certainly challenges uh and uh so you really have to seek out those programs that were traditionally osteopathic Mm -hmm. uh great and i mean there are some opportunities for for uh, an osteopathic student to match into an allopathic uh program it just it's not as frequent Mm -hmm. so there were challenges there, but at the same time, there are advantages if you seek out those programs um, because uh, they're really looking to match osteopathic students and relative to where, say, my my uh, uncle was back in the early 2000s, there are many more uh, programs that were traditionally osteopathic and uh, more willing to take osteopathic students than there were at that time. Mm-hmm. So I think there's been some growth. Uh, but at the same time, it, it's still still more challenging, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. It's it may be my optimistic outlook, but it, it seems as though the tides are are changing a little bit. Um, people are starting to recognize that there there's not too much of a, a difference between DOs and MDs. Absolutely, and and you know, and I uh, I think that certainly within the general population you know especially our patients uh they're they're more educated on uh what osteopathic uh physicians are all about mm-hmm. and that uh we're essentially um you know uh, very similar uh you know as far as our training goes uh to allopathic physicians as well mm-hmm. um so uh, and you know just hopefully that continues to grow uh and uh, those are my hopes. And, and then some of the other challenges that you think about too for osteopathic uh, physicians, we really don't have as many opportunities within our own like home dermatology department. A lot of the schools don't have that. So we really lack on, you know, having that experience there or being able to reach out to them for uh, like uh, research experiences. 
um, reaching out to them for you know recommendations and things like that. So those are just all other things that we really have to be resourceful um, when we're looking to apply to dermatology. Yeah. So you'd say that, or would you say that overcoming these challenges, it's really going to come down to a matter of of grit and your willingness to work and just kind of power through. I think so. You know, it's really your determination and uh, really being strategic and uh, how you're applying and and your experiences before um, before you know the, it comes time to apply. Um, you know, because if you don't have a dermatology department there, you really have to be strategic and trying to reach out to to some of the folks that you know and some of your and whether that that may not be a dermatologist, but there may be another physician out there that you've had experience with who does know a dermatologist and can put you into contact with them. And once you're in that network, which I found really challenging to get into um, initially, um, you really start to develop those relationships with, with other dermatologists. And it's a very small community because so they know another dermatologist here and there and they can put you into contact with. Mm -hmm. um, so just really developing those relationships is very important as well. And I, I feel like that could almost be seen as a, a positive, though, having kind of more of a, a tight-knit community, um, you know, DO dermatology being so small, you know, mm -hmm. once you're in and you're kind of part of the group. <laughs> yeah, it, you know. certainly. Yeah, certainly. It, it's just a, it's a challenge breaking through. And, um, you know, I, just, I think I had this view going into that it was just going to be so difficult to get in with these with these folks. Um, so, but you know, in all reality, it, it wasn't as much of a uh, challenge as I think what I had really envisioned, uh, because you know they really all care about you and want you to do well. And uh, you know, if you're really interested in dermatology, they really want to see you succeed because we want to grow the field of dermatology and then more specifically the field of uh, like osteopathic dermatology as well. Yeah. Yeah. And like you were in my shoes, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah, the attendings were, were in our shoes and they want us, they want to bring up the people that want to be there with them. Right. Ex exactly. Yeah, exactly. We're all human and we all want to see each other succeed. So we'll, we'll do our best to, uh, you know, try to make that happen. Yeah. Moving on to your kind of special interest in rural dermatology, C can you tell me about your interest in, in recruiting dermatologists towards rural? Yeah, certainly. So, I mean, so if you look, so, well, first of all, you know, just coming from my background, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm from a very small town, Zenith, uh, Missouri, about a population of about 2,000. My grandpa, he's been the mayor for about 30 plus years. Um, uh, so I grew up, you know, going to the city hall, meeting all these folks, you know, out in the community. Um, and so that's just what I grew up around, you know, a small rural town, getting to know everyone, getting all to know all the other little farmers that are even in the smaller little communities, even outside of there. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, so, you know, I would really love to give back to those people and provide a service, but then on a larger scale, when you uh, look at, uh, dermatology as a whole, we really have about, you know, one dermatologist per 33,000 people, which in, uh, when I think about numbers, uh, really you need about maybe about one dermatologist per 50,000 people. So it seems as if we have enough dermatologists. But when you look at the, the concentration of uh, dermatologists, 
most of that's going to you know metro areas um, where we're over concentrating a lot of dermatologists in one area. So, uh, you know, I think that it's going to be important in the future to really reach out and get into these communities, uh, maybe that are more of a hub, kind of like Jones Row, where you have all these other smaller um, rural communities that are going to one somewhat larger area for their uh, for their medical care within, you know, at least an hour range. Um, you know, I remember growing up, you know, we would have to drive like an hour to an hour and a half uh, for just a doctor's appointment, which seems kind of crazy to some people because, you know, you might drive like 15 minutes down the road, you know, in a larger city. Um, but for us, that was just kind of what we were used to. Uh, so it's, I think it's unacceptable for people to have to drive, you know, two to three hours just for dermatology care, um, where sometimes some of the things that you're seeing, you know, um, you may have a rash that you really need to be seen then, but you can't, you know, take off work to drive three hours um, just to see a dermatologist. So I, I really, I feel strongly about us really, you know, expanding um, the locations that we're going to and really welcoming in uh, people like dermatologists into more rural areas um, just so that we can provide that care to a lot of people who are kind of missing out. Yeah. I mean, even, even a half hour drive is a barrier to care. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, here in Kirksville, for instance, I mean, we're pre pretty rural. Yeah. We still see people, you know, coming from those far away three to four hours, oh which my is goodness. insane to me. I couldn't imagine, um, you know, having to drive three or four hours just to go to a doctor's visit. Yeah. That's, that's wild. And it, yeah, it shouldn't be that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, things like, uh, you know, chronic skin disease, like psoriasis, um, you know, HIV derm, you know, et cetera. And then skin cancers, they're happening every day to everyone across the country, and especially, uh, you know, skin cancer within um, rural communities. Uh, we see, uh, you know, I mean, tons of it here with lots, yeah. of, uh, lots of skin cancers to remove. Yeah. Is that, um, from like the the farming population, just people working in the sun every day. Absolutely, you know, people from many many years, uh, you know, ago working out in the sun all day. And we see tons of farmers here, and those are the people that are living out in the rural communities that, that need to be seen and uh, can't take off, you know, an entire day uh, to drive several hours just to have a, a skin cancer removed. Is it common that you see pathology that? probably should have been taken care of a lot longer ago, but because of their lack, lack of access to care, something's progressed to much worse. Absolutely. Yeah, no, no. So we, we yeah, certainly uh, on a daily, weekly basis, um, we see something, you know, in some other areas you think, wow, this, this could have been taken care of much longer ago, but then they say, you know, they just neglected it because they, they just didn't have time or the resources. Right. Yeah, that's so unfortunate. I'm glad that there's people like you who are pursuing finding a solution. And, Absolutely. And, and in addition to that, you know, I, I really think that it's important to, you know, to be able to get these folks back, you know, dermatologists back in rural areas. I think that it's very important to, to really reach out and to recruit, um, you know, people, maybe not like me, but, you know, just people in general who are from rural towns or, you know, have experience in those rural communities are willing to go back there 
um, the Leafs practice within that region. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I mean that's that's kind of the whole goal of our school too. Exactly, exactly, and that was another you know uh, reason why I wanted to attend NYT because uh, you know I really um, I could uh, uh, you know I really liked their their vision for the school to be able to provide uh, services for for the for the Delta region uh, that's largely rural. Right, absolutely. So, with that, I, I imagine that your um, interest in rural dermatology is definitely going to impact your career after training. So what do you see yourself doing once you're out of residency? Uh, certainly. So, um, of course, so I, I'd, I'll likely come back to Arkansas or stay somewhere within the Midwest, um, ideally um, uh, providing general dermatology care as well as uh, skin cancer um, removal and care, uh, whether that incorporates Mohs, um, uh, we shall see. So that's something that's, uh, you know, possibly in the, in the future for, uh, for me personally. So, um, but yeah, in the long, long term, so we, we have a lot of satellite clinics here, uh, in, in our office where we actually set up shops. So they, you know, really great about educating us on how to provide the service once we leave here. So we mm-hmm. actually pack up part of our office staff and we go to another office at least once a day, once once per week to a different location so that we can help those folks that are coming from so far away. They don't have to drive. They can just come for their local um, just like skin checks and rechecks and uh, and follow up appointments for, for biopsies and things like that in those areas. So ideally, I would like to have a private practice where I've uh, incorporated some of these smaller satellite clinics to travel out to, um, in addition to providing like surgical uh, dermatology care within that one um, central location. Very cool. That That's neat. Do you, do you plan on doing a fellowship? Is that what you're hoping to do? Yeah, possibly. So we'll see. That's kind of in the, in the uh, crosshairs right now. So Cool. Yeah, one step at a time. One step at a time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I was actually I was looking at uh, your residency's website. It says that y- you get a lot of surgical exposure, right, yeah. through your residency. Yeah. So we we get a ton of sur- sur- and that was another reason why I, I chose to come here. I you know I was really interested in uh, uh, dermatologic surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that we we have we have tons of experience. I think I was I've completed all of my minimums like three months into residency um for all of you know surgical uh you know minimums so yeah so we tons of experience and that's something that i want to uh you know translate into my own practice later on that's awesome yeah so other plans for the future as well okay you you have the same to that yeah yeah i was looking at so um i don't mean to steal your thunder no, go ahead. Means, but uh, yeah, I mean, other plans for the future, you know, if I do end up coming back to Jonesboro, which that's a possibility, I would like to, uh, you know, contribute to the uh, medical school there um, in any way possible, you know, potentially. We do a lot of lectures here um, at our at AT still for, for dermatology. So um, I think that would be great to be able to do that, uh, you know, potentially having a dermatology rotation there just for the medical students so just my personal way to to give back to the school and uh you know the students and to really help to uh 
you know, further, you know, osteopathic dermatology. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's great. Our school, I'm sure, would love to have you. Yeah, I'd love to get back. I love Dr. Spides, Dr. Deal, and all, all those folks. So it's coming uh, closer and closer. So yeah, we'll see how things go. So as far as wrapping up goes, um, if you could give one piece of advice to students in their preclinical years, what would it be? Yeah, take things one, just one test at a time, one step at a time. Don't get too far ahead of yourself. And uh, if you treat things more like a marathon rather than, you know, sprint to the end of the, to the, end of the finish line, just doing a little bit every day. Don't feel like you have to study for hours on end every day. Just, you know, a couple of hours, you know, through the day, get through your lectures, take your notes. Um, uh, really you know, just take things slow. Um, and because uh, you'll stress yourself out less and then take that other time to be able to go out and, uh, you know, whether that you have family at home already, uh, to enjoy them or, uh, you know, you have pets or, you know, other friends, uh, just, you know, enjoy that while you have it. Um, and you'll appreciate down the line once you have to take boards, uh, because you won't be rushing to kind of cram all this information, you know, in before that time and, and stressing yourself out. Yeah. How about advice for students in their clinical rotations? Definitely. So again, you know, uh, I think I went into it with the uh, um, idea that I would uh, explore all of my options and not really, uh, you know, corner myself into one specific specialty. And, you know, so I just went from each, each rotation that I had, with you know thinking you know there might be a possibility i could be interested in in this and uh trying to explore other other uh avenues as well you know whether you're on internal medicine really trying to reach out to some of the other specialists and you know see if you know maybe that's something that you'd like to do um and same thing with uh surgery and and so on but really just kind of explore all of those all those options and then you know some of it will end up coming back anyways mm-hmm yeah, yeah. Dermatology is kind of a, a mix of everything, right? Exactly. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? Yeah, so um, on your audition rotations, uh, I think it's very important, like I said, just to be yourself and uh, to try to be someone you're not. Uh, you don't have to be too stiff. Uh, um, you know, we're not here to, you know, exactly try to, you know, try to get as much information, see how much you know about dermatology or uh, you know, test you while you're here. That's, that's not what we're here to do. We're, we're here just to see if, you know, we can get to know you a little bit better, uh, you know, who you are as a person, uh, what your goals are. If you think that you'd be a great fit for our program. And, and then also if, if, uh, you would like it within our program, uh, you know, if, if you think that, you know, this area isn't, isn't ideal for you, then we'd like to know that. And uh, because you would want to be stuck here for three years in a in a rural area, I'm sure that goes for for any other uh, program as well. Right. Yeah. I think it's it's very easy to get caught up in just wanting to go to any program and, and match anywhere to be able to become a dermatologist. But I think it's important that you stay true to yourself throughout it right 
Yeah, exactly. Um, you you know, <laughs> don't come in, you know, just gun ho trying to extract as much information out of us about different, you know, uh, the pathogenesis of sarcoidosis or something like that, trying to pimp us on the uh, <laughs> different things like that because we do get that quite, you know, sometimes as well. And we're just trying to get to know you as a person. That's it. Uh, right, we right. We don't. You don't have to impress us. You're already here. You've already uh, done well in all of your preclinical years uh, through your rotations. We expect that you're a great student already. We just don't want to know your personality at this point. Right. That's great. Yeah. So, it, yeah. Any- a couple of podcasts that I recommend. So, the undifferentiated medical student, uh, especially if you're in those uh, preclinical years, uh, going to and from rotations. That's a great one to listen to if you're still deciding exactly what you want to do or not completely sure. Uh, there are probably over, you know, at least 100 different episodes. The host was a former medical student, um, I think at Case Western. He interviews uh, and a, a different attending within a different specialty uh, over each episode. They talk about some of the things that they like about the specialty, some that they don't, uh, some of the more mundane things that they do through each day. And then exactly how to kind of reach that point um, and maybe what they would have done if they had not. Uh, So that's a great one to add. And then another one just for fun. So we've had, you know, Oppenheimer came out just uh, several months or maybe a couple of months ago or so. Uh, So there's this kind of a a tandem podcast. Uh, It's called The Bomb on BBC. Uh, Great episode. They go through, uh, 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 I think, Leo Lazar uh, is his name. and to kind of how he ties into the making of uh, the nuclear, the atomic bomb, and then also the Manhattan Project. I'll check those out for sure. Yeah, it's great stuff. Great stuff. So, okay. Anything else? I think that's it. Okay. Dr. Lane, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the DIGA podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Please send us any questions or comments to DermInterestPod at gmail.com. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. 